0: That's ljsinnercircle.com, or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. If you get value out of today's episode, consider adding value back by leaving us a one-time monthly or annual donation at LearnJazzStandards.com support. We appreciate your help. Mm-hmm. Alright, what's up everybody? My name is Brent. You're listening to the LGS Podcast. And if this is your first time joining me for this show today, I want to give you a special warm welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're listening. I know you're going to get a lot out of today's podcast episode. And if you've been listening to the LGS Podcast for a while now... I want to welcome you back. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate uh you coming back week after week to listen to this podcast. And on today's episode 36, I'm going to be talking about 14 jazz practicing ideas. You know, I always get emails, I always get comments from people who who read on the blog or who listen to this podcast. What should I be practicing? How should I be practicing? And, and quite often, I feel like people uh, know some things to practice, but they, they don't know some other things, or maybe they've worn out some things that they've been practicing, and they just want something new. So today's episode is all about just trying to give you some ideas of things to practice this week, You know, maybe write down a few of them. But before we get into this episode today, I just want to invite you into the LJS community. Okay this this website this blog this podcast it's a jazz community and I want to invite you into it. And the best way to do that is to sign up for our newsletter. Go to LearnJazzstandards.com/slash newsletter. Sign up there. And when you sign up to be a part of our jazz community, you're getting weekly jazz tips and advice, but you're also getting on the inside of what we do here at Learn Jazz Standards. You're also getting things that others just simply aren't getting from the outside. So please join the community. You also get a free ebook, a jazz guide to practicing when you sign up, just as a little extra perk and uh, we'd love to have you uh, join us become part of the learn jazz standards community learnjazzstandards.com slash newsletter okay so I'm going to jump into these fourteen ideas now I would encourage you i'll have these in the show notes if you're if you're listening on the website if not go to learnjazzstandards.com Uh, and go to podcast and find this episode 36. And in the show notes, I'll have these listed out. But I would encourage you that while you're listening to these, I'm going to go through them fairly quickly, to write down some of them that kind of strike your ear, ones that sound uh, particularly interesting to you, maybe something that you haven't done in a while, maybe you've never done it before at all, and try to make it a challenge to do one or two of these this week. Or, or to add some of them into your daily practice routine or or by daily practice routine, and and just zone in on a few of them. You don't have to do all of them, but uh, try to have them available to you to for future ideas and, and for, for ideas to practice this week, right now. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump into this 14 practice ideas for jazz musicians. All right, number one, practice your scales. Now, scales are not musical in and of themselves. They aren't uh, a tool that should necessarily be relied upon for playing jazz, for improvising, but they are very important for learning your instrument, for being proficient at your instrument. Now, I'm all for chord scale theory. I'm not against any of that stuff, but that shouldn't be the primary tool for your playing. But that doesn't mean we dismiss scales altogether. Scales are very important for our technique. We can apply patterns to scales. They're also important just to learn our instrument, like I said. So, Focus on scales, focus on your major, your minor, your melodic minor, your dorian. Try out some modes, be able to play all of those. Be informed on how to play scales and how those line up on your instrument. So, scales is is number 1. Work on scales. Don't underestimate them. Don't brush them aside. They are definitely still important for learning your instrument and knowing your instrument well is incredibly important as a jazz musician because Jazz is a very uh, a music that demands a certain level of virtuosity. So you have to be able to have control of your instrument and know it inside and out. Scales is an important part of that. Okay, now the next thing, number two that you should practice is arpeggios. Okay, kind of out of the same family, except for these are more all about playing chord tones. Arpeggios, being able to outline different chords and understanding what makes a chord quality, a chord quality. For example, what makes a dominant seven chord different from a major chord? Well, it's the flat seven, right? So those are the things that you need to know. Now, one creative way that you can use arpeggios is to take a jazz standard that you know, or or if you're Wanted to, wanting to dumb it down a little bit, just a chord progression that you know, and then play the arpeggios over the entire form, whether that lines up on your instrument as playing two octaves of arpeggios or just one octave, but figure out a way to weave arpeggios over an entire song form. This is a great way just to get the skeleton of that harmony, just to outline those chord changes, try to figure out a way to connect them together using arpeggios. So, Practice arpeggios. It could be as simple as just working on them in on a single chord basis, like I said, over a dominant seven chord, over a minor seven chord, over a major seven chord, over a half diminished chord, over a diminished chord. Or it could be applying them to chord progressions and entire song forms. So work on your arpeggios. Those are both important to help you get the skeleton for improvisation and learn your instrument better, same as in the family in scales. Okay, so number three, is interval recognition. This is all about ear training. Okay, ear training is so important to becoming a better jazz musician and I can't stress working on ear training enough. And so one very basic ear training thing to focus on is interval recognition. For example, be able to recognize what a minor third sounds like going up be able to recognize what a minor third sounds like going down and when i when i say going up and going down i mean you play the root note and then a minor third up be able to sing it and then a minor third down from that root note be able to sing it what does a perfect fifth sound like what does a perfect fourth sound like what does a minor seventh sound like going up what does a minor seventh sound like going down. These are all really important things to be able to hear and get in your ear. Ear training is so important in jazz. I can't stress it enough. I'm going to keep saying it over and over again. So this is a really great thing to do. Now, I talk more about interval recognition and chord quality recognition in episode 31. So if you want to learn more about this and get even a little bit more information on how to work on your interval recognition, I would say go back to that podcast episode, episode 31, where I talk about ear training. That would be a great start. But you can also do this on the go. You could be driving your car. You could be on the subway train. You could be walking somewhere and work on your interval recognition. Uh, That's a great idea to do. So this is something that you can take with you. But I would encourage you to not think about ear training as separate from your jazz playing, but that it's together with it, that you need to work on your ear and working on fundamentals like interval recognition is definitely really important. Okay, number 4, learn a jazz lick by ear. Okay? So you're listening to a jazz record and that you really dig, and one an artist, a jazz artist that you really love to listen to. Maybe it's Sonny Rollins and all of a sudden Sonny plays this beautiful lick over a 251 chord progression or a 16251 six, progression and you say, "I have to know what that was. I have to learn that." And that's what you should be doing as a jazz musician. So You go to that lick, you listen to that recording, you figure it out note by note on your instrument, and you repeat it over and over again until it's really ingrained into your subconscious, okay? So, number four is learn a lick by ear. Now, number five, learn a jazz solo by ear, okay? So, the learning a lick was kind of the micro version, and and learning a jazz solo is the macro version. If you've never done this before, I highly recommend this. Pretty much every jazz musician that has any experience will tell you this is something that you should do at least once, just to try to learn how to play a solo by an artist all the way through, try to get inside how they play, what they do. Uh, So learn a jazz solo by ear. Again, don't read it off of sheet music. Learn it by ear from the recording. Same process as the lick. You're just going through it slowly. And I would suggest breaking it up into pieces and you know, not trying to learn it all in one sitting. Of course, that would be pretty much impossible for most. But learn it in little chunks. And you want to do it in little chunks so that you can keep building off of it and repeating it over and over again so that it gets really stuck in your head and so that you really get it under your fingers and, and into your playing. So that's important. Okay. Now, number six, take a lick or a phrase into all 12 keys. So building off of that, if you like a particular phrase in that solo you learned, or you really like that lick that you've learned, the next step is to take it into all 12 keys. Why take it into all 12 keys? It's going to help you, first of all, repeat it more and more so that you're used to it, but it's also going to take away the barriers, take away the limitations that you have in a particular key with that lick. It's going to help you Uh, open up your ear even more so that you're able to translate that jazz language into any key, into any situation you possibly might be in. That's very important. And I find that oftentimes different instrumentalists are limited by certain keys. So this kind of breaks those barriers and it's just another way to keep practicing that and get that really sunk in so that you own that jazz language for good. Okay, number seven is learn a jazz standard. Okay, now... Obviously, this podcast, this website, this blog, it's called LearnJazzStandards.com. We really do preach learning jazz standards because jazz standards are the vehicles in which jazz musicians use to improvise and communicate with one, one another. So sure, you can write your own music and that's really good, but you got to start with the foundation, which is jazz standards, so learning this this set of repertoire in which jazz musicians have been using for for a long, long time as vehicles of improvisation, understanding the harmony in those jazz standards. Let the jazz standards teach you how to play. So I would always encourage you to have practicing jazz standards that you know or practicing new jazz standards, learning new jazz standards, because each jazz standard has something different to teach you. So number seven is learn a jazz standard. Hey, everybody. Just taking a quick break from today's show to talk to you about our e-course, 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. You know, I get emails almost every day from jazz musicians asking the questions, what do I practice and how do I practice? They know where they want to be in their jazz playing. They know how they want to sound. They're just not exactly sure how to get there. And that's why me and the LGS team have created our new e-course, 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing is an audio e-course that brings you through 30 days of focused, goal-oriented practicing where you're going to be working on things that will actually improve your jazz playing. This course is designed for all instruments and for all skill levels and is really great for anybody looking to practice with purpose and to make real improvement in their jazz playing. If you want to learn more about this e-course, go to learnjazzstandards.com 30 days. That's learnjazzstandards.com 30 days. I hope to see you in the course. All right. Number eight is to take a jazz standard you already know fairly well into different keys and if you dare into all 12 keys. But more importantly, several different keys that maybe you wouldn't have tried them out in before. Now, this can be a real challenge to transpose a jazz standard into different keys, especially depending on how complex the harmony is of that jazz standard regardless this will also really open up your improvisational skills being able to play a, a tune you know into in a different key not only that if you play with singers or anything like this this can be a really useful tool to help you start conceptualizing how to do this and and, and transpose that harmony you already know to different keys. I know this is something that I constantly am uh, working on because it is challenging, and so this is definitely a worthy practice. So number eight is to take a jazz standard you already know and work in different keys. Now, number nine is practice etudes. Now, it is a good idea sometimes to actually read jazz language from a page and analyze it and and usually etudes are composed in a way that that you are practicing something specific. They're they're composed to really help you narrow down into a specific concept. So, practice some jazz etudes and if you're looking for some jazz etudes, I would highly suggest our ebook 15 essential jazz etudes. You can find that if you go to learn jazz standards Dot com. Go to store, click on eBooks, and you'll find it there. Fifteen essential jazz etudes. We compose these etudes specifically to help you spell out chord changes, to play a good bebop language, to really help you get inside of jazz language and how to spell out chord changes. So those would be a good ones to do. But yeah, work on some jazz etudes. This can be a really helpful skill to actually look at, analyze jazz language, and play through some rather than just only doing it by ear. It's also a skill to work on. So, number nine is practice jazz etudes. Now, number 10 is compose your own jazz solo. I have my students always do this at some point because I think it's an incredibly useful skill to actually go through and and ask yourself, what would I really like to express? What would be my ideal Jazz solo, if I didn't, if I could just compose what I actually wanted to play with my knowledge that I have right now, where I'm at with my jazz playing now, what would it sound like? What would it be? This gives you the opportunity to slow down your improvisation and just simply compose and try to take the knowledge that you have of jazz language now and create something of your own, maybe even something from your own voice. This is incredibly good practice, and all my students always say that it was really worth their time. And I know for me, having done this in the past, I've read through some solos that I've composed, you know, years ago, and then looked at them today and been like, wow, I've really come a long way since then. And it's interesting to watch the evolution of where I was then and where I am now. So I think it's a great practice. So number 10 is compose your own jazz solo. Number 11 is write your own jazz licks. So going back to jazz licks and, and taking that idea of learning it from somebody else, but then writing your own you know, what kind of lick would you like to play over a two five one? You know, I always consider the stuff that you write, the stuff that comes from your own imagination, is sometimes the best possible material to help you become a better jazz player because it's coming from you which means it's going to more likely to come out in your playing and it's something that is unique to you so i think writing your own jazz lick your own lick your own ideas and working on those are also really important to developing your sound and are more likely to come out in your playing because it's coming from you so number 11 is write your own jazz lick okay now number 12 improvise over one chord. You know, in jazz, we always complicate. I mean, it's complicated, right? We have to play over these crazy chord progressions and some jazz standards have even crazier chord progressions than others. Either way, jazz traditionally is fairly harmonically rich. So sometimes it's just a good idea to take one chord and just improvise over it. Take a D minor 7 chord and just Improvise over that and see how many different melodic ideas you can come up with. Maybe it's a limitation on your instrument and so you need to explore, simplify and explore just that one chord and see how many things you can do on your instrument and maybe go into some uncharted territory. Maybe you're uncomfortable in that register on your instrument. Well, this gives you the opportunity to do that in a simplified situation and see how many different sounds you can come up with over one chord. So, take different qualities of chords. Even take chords that aren't normally played uh, as a drone, like a half diminished chord. Normally, that's always in the context of, of either a passing chord or it's the two chord in a minor two, five, one. So, try taking chords that are unconventional and seeing how many different ideas you can come up with. Diminished chords are often kind of fuzzy chords for people, not sure exactly what to play over top of that. So those are another good chords if you're just trying to figure out what sounds you can play over top of those. So number 12 is just improvise over one chord. Number 13 is compose your own contrafact. Now, we went over this in much more detail in episode 26 of the LGS podcast. We did a a series of jazz challenges, and one of them was to write your own contrafact. So, if you want to get a little more detail about this, I would go back to that episode. But really quickly, what is a contrafact? A contrafact is a composition that is based off of the chord progression or the, the chord form of another existing song. So, For example, a lot of Rhythm Changes songs, well, all Rhythm Changes songs, are contrafacts because they're based off of George Gershwin's composition, I Got Rhythm, and there's just a new melody over top. So Charlie Parker, he wrote lots of contrafacts, basically taking rhythm changes and adding his own melody over top. So you can do that with your own... Song You could take a jazz standard like All the Things You Are, or It Could Happen to You, or Night and Day, and write your own melody over top of those chord changes. It really forces you to be creative. It exercises that compositional part of your brain, and it helps you to imagine a different kind of melody that you could create over top of that chord form, which ultimately is what you want to do when you improvise anyways. So, number 13 is compose a contrafact. Okay, now our last one that I want to talk about today is number 14, listen to jazz. (laughs) Now, that seems pretty simple. You probably didn't need me to tell you that, but I want to really drive this home and I always drive this home on Learn Jazz Standards because it's so important to listen to jazz music, not just listen to it passively, but listen to it with intention and sit down to listen to it like you would watch a movie. You know, when you watch a movie, you're focused on it, you are fixated on it for a couple hours usually, do the same with jazz music. Really listen to the music because if you don't listen to the music, you're never going to get it. You're never going to get it if you don't listen. So listening is so important because jazz is a language. You just got to listen and listen and listen and listen. So if you're not even feeling like practicing, if you're just kind of like, I really don't feel like picking up the instrument today, don't feel bad. Just listen to some music. If you're always having jazz playing, then you're going to be gathering in that jazz language, that jazz information. You're going to be acclimating yourself to it all the time. So at the end of the day, I always have to say one of the best practicing things you can possibly do is just listening to jazz music. I can't stress that enough. All right, that's all for today's show. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for joining us, and I want to hear from you. If you feel like you have anything to share with this jazz community, things that you practice, different ideas that you have to practice as a jazz musician, feel free to leave a comment in the comment section below. If you're on the website. And if you want some more jazz practicing ideas, we also have a blog article called 21 Quick Fire Jazz Skills to Practice. And if you want to look that up, just go to the website, LearnJazzStandards.com, and search for 21 Quick Fire Jazz Skills to Practice. And remember that if you got any value from today's podcast episode, consider adding value back by leaving us a one-time monthly or annual donation at LearnJazzStandards.com slash support. Or if you're on the website, click the support button below. We really appreciate it. It helps us continue to fund the production of this podcast. We're going to be coming out with episode 37 of the LGS podcast next week. Look forward to seeing you then.